back into the Fantasy Zone. I am your host, Carter Richardson. And it has been too long. Folks, fantasy basketball is upon us. Preseason games are happening. And we got to start off this episode hot with our first good and the bad and the ugly in a few weeks. The good. Look at James Wiseman putting up 20 points in Japan. 8 from 11 from the field, looking healthy, looking strong. Next game, played on a back-to-back. Didn't look as good, but that's okay. We just want to see old Wiseman play some games. James Wiseman, you're looking good. Looking like you might be the starter or at least part of the incredible B unit that the Warriors are going to be putting out there off their bench featuring Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and possibly James Wiseman. For the bad, P.J. Washington. Not a great showing in preseason. Had lots of opportunity to fill in uh, for Miles Bridges. Went one for seven from the field. Not looking good. Just preseason, but in this case, you kind of want to make a statement. Just like Wiseman made in his first game, hey, I'm back. Washington said, hey, this could be my role now. I'm going to be the second or third leading scorer on this team behind Gordon Hayward and obviously LaMelo Ball. But we didn't see much from old Washington. Not quite ugly, but we'll put that in the bad column for now. PJ, we're watching you. Please continue to rise up. The ugly. This is an easy one. This is Christian Wood. Christian Wood came into training camp, and he says, Bench? No one told me anything about coming off the bench. Six man? I've never heard anything about this. How could I... The great Christian Wood, with a career-winning percentage in the high 20s, be off the bench. And Jason Kidd says, uh, we actually did tell him that, told him that a lot. He's going to do great off the bench. So ugly. Ugly from Christian Wood. Bad start. There's no way they didn't tell him he's coming off the bench. He said that just to become newsworthy or something. But it's ugly for Christian Wood's fantasy value. And it's an ugly start to your time in Dallas, just kind of making yourself the center of attention on a team that you're not even going to start for. It's like, hey, Christian Wood, you're going to have to fit in, bud. This isn't the Pistons from three years ago. This isn't the Rockets and just everyone gets to shoot whenever they want to. This team, the Mavericks, they're trying to get to the Western Conference Finals, get to the NBA Finals, have an MVP on their team, win a bunch of games. And Christian Wood, if you're throwing a wrench in there, in training camp... Falling for a reporter's tricky question. It's not a great start, Christian. It's a little ugly, in fact. Sorry, Christian Wood. Someone had to get it. I am ready for the season to begin. Folks, we got two weeks. Two weeks in a day. I'm recording this Monday, October 3rd. Two weeks in a day until the season begins. We have lots of preseason in between now and then. We'll start making large assumptions based on little tiny moves in the preseason. Oh, who's going to start? Who's going to start for this team? We've gotten a little, some hints on some question marks already. The most intriguing question mark being the Lakers starting lineup. A report came out saying Westbrook will start. Makes sense to me. He makes about $40 million a year more than Dennis Schroeder. So if Westbrook's on the team, he should start a point guard. Shooting guard, Kendrick Nunn. A small guard, 
possibly adding some defense to that guard rotation. I mean, yeah, Lonnie Walker is a possibility, and he's got no zero zilch defense. LeBron James, Anthony Davis at the power forward, and then Damian Jones at center. Anthony Davis does not want to play center, so they put up a center and make their roster worse by doing so. This doesn't scream great shooting team to me still. And it doesn't really scream great defensive team either. I think if you're going to start Westbrook, you have a 1%, 2% shot of being a good defensive team at this point, especially with LeBron, who properly and correctly rests his body because he's trying to save for the playoffs. And maybe we should give that same leeway to Westbrook. But when LeBron does went to lock in, he, he can. He can still defend the best perimeter players. In the league. So it doesn't make any sense to me why you'd be starting Kendrick Nunn. That's the Lakers starting lineup potentially. Man, everything would just clear itself up if they got rid of Westbrook. Because even if Schroeder is not even, even if he's not as good as Westbrook, he's just not going to do the things that Westbrook does and take as many shots. He will conform to the play style that LeBron James wants to play with. And at least he can be a threat from three. It's the beauty of basketball. Schroeder is probably still worse than Westbrook, but he would make the Lakers way, way, way better. What are we going to talk about in this pod besides the Lakers starting lineup? Well, I'll tell you, I did a mock draft today, folks. And I think I'm going to do a few of these, release them in little mini pods as we lead up to the start of the season. I wanted to start with a pretty rough pick. So I selected the eighth pick in this ESPN mock draft. We're going to go through my draft, go through the categories I was aiming for. You know, the mock drafts, it's like 30 seconds a pick. And then there's a bunch of people on auto draft sometimes. So it rapid fires. All of a sudden you're like, oh, no, I didn't mean to take Tobias Harris. How did that happen? So the pressure of the pick, the pressure of the draft will go through some, some things I regretted, some things I was really happy with. But today we will be talking about my first mock draft of the season. Stay tuned after this. We are back. Shout out to Will Adams, the creator of all the music that you hear in the intro and then transitions. Brand new intro this week. Thanks again for making the Fantasy Zone feel even more special than it already felt. Let's enter into that zone and talk about my mock draft. I had the eighth pick. It was ESPN head to head categories. The main type of fantasy we'll be talking about here. I picked the eighth pick because I didn't want it to be too easy. I didn't want to just take Jokic. This is probably seven or eight, Would be, I would say, would be my least favorite spot to pick. The middle is okay because you're never too far away. The end is good because you can get those loop arounds. The beginning is obviously great because you get an A-plus player. Jokic, Embiid, Antetokounmpo. So I want to run through every single pick of the draft, obviously, because that's just saying a lot of names, but it's the first round. Let me tell you how it went. Nikola Jokic, number one. That's a lock. I can't imagine 
what would make me not pick Jokic outside of an injury? I don't know what player, like if Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were both out for the season and then Giannis became a lot more valuable, I would still just, I'd still just want Jokic. I mean, Doncic is in his perfect situation. He turns the ball over so much. Embiid, life should be easier for Embiid with Harden. But you got to go Jokic number one. And that is what the person in this fantasy draft did. So they it went Jokic, Embiid number two, Doncic three, Giannis four. Bit of a stretch here. Went LaMelo Ball five, Durant six, and Trey Young seven. I was thrilled. I wanted to pick Steph Curry with this pick. A couple people reached below Steph Curry, and that's who I ended up with. I ended up with Steph Curry with the eighth pick. So now I'm thinking, okay, I've made my pick. What categories do I want to build around? Steph Curry gets a pretty decent amount of everything besides blocks. So I'm wondering, do I want to go balance? Do I want to, you know, take a Vucevic or a Brooke Lopez as my center and try to go for threes and rebounds and kind of ignore Steph's assist capability? Obviously, we want to aim for points here. And what I decided in those few seconds, about a minute between Steph Curry and my next pick was, okay, I'm going to punt blocks. Punting blocks means, or punting any category means, I don't want to win that category. You're going to win that category if if you play me. Please win that category. I don't want it. I'm not going to, any pick that I take, I'm not going to take blocks into a consideration 1% in order to allow myself to win the categories I want to win. Steals, free throw percentage, rebounds, assists, points, and maybe if I can wiggle it in there, field goal percentage. But we'll see as we continue along so i got steph curry next guy went tatum james harden carl anthony towns and then lebron james so i had steph and the people i'm looking at all of a sudden are anthony davis kyrie irving not going to take him because i don't know if he'll ever play basketball Dejounte murray still way too up in the air for me as production i'm going to avoid murray unless he really falls damian lillard Okay, you had a massive surgery. I don't want to take you if I don't have to. And Devin Booker. So really it came down to Booker or Tyrese Halliburton for me in this situation. So Booker gave me the points and the threes. Halliburton gave me assists. So if I pick Halliburton, I ended up I will end up being higher in assists, and that's what I did. So I got Curry and Halliburton. Is my first two picks. So I'm feeling good in rebounds, feeling good in assists. Not as good as points or threes I wanted to after picking Steph Curry, but steals, crucially, those guys are both above 1.6 steals per game. This is feeling good. I got my guards. Halliburton's a point guard shooting guard situation. I'm loving life. But now I have the eighth pick, right? So I just went eighth pick in the first round third pick in the second round and now i wait as all the great players tumble on by this next one was really really tricky the guys around me at the end of the third round were fred van vliet john morant mitchell levine jimmy butler clay thompson darius garland bradley beal damar Vucevic. So I was thinking, man, I 
I just have to get not a guard because I already had Curry and Halliburton. There were so many great guards here, so I was just really, really hoping that Jimmy Butler fell to me, and he did. I did get Butler over 20 points per game scoring. Gets a great job in rebounds and assists, both above five. His steals are over 1.5, way, way, way low in threes. Not going to help me there at all, but it really locks up steals for me each week, and I have somebody who can play that small forward position. I thought, okay, I'll take Butler, and then there's still all these great guards, scoring guards, Mitchell, Levine, Beal, Garland. I just need one of them to follow me. One of them did. I ended up with Bradley Beal, probably the one I would rank the lowest of that crew. I almost went out and reached down for Vucevic to get my center, who is hitting threes, but I went with Beal. So my first four were Steph, Halliburton, Butler, and Beal. Beal does help me with regain those points. I still have three of those guys who are definitely scoring over 20 points per game. Halliburton, possibly. We got assists from all those guys. We got a decent rebound floor for all of them as well. Still could use some more threes, though. Halliburton and Butler aren't reaching my what I want over those two threes per game. So that's what I was looking for next. I needed threes, and I definitely needed a center. And what did I do next? I didn't get threes, but I did get a center. Because now I'm just staring at my lineup, and I couldn't help it. It's my first mock draft of the year, folks. Cut me some slack. <laughs> I really, really, really wanted Brandon Ingram. He was, I was like, this guy's going to be great. I'll buy Ingram. I'll sell Zion. I don't want to take the risk on Zion. But Ingram, through all the adding CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones rising, even when Zion plays, Brandon Ingram still gets his. That team wants to play fast. They want to put up points, and Ingram did. And he got taken one pick ahead of me. So I ended up going Scotty Barnes. And then I went to Sangoon. <laughs> I did a little Alperin Sangoon starting center for the Houston Rockets. Get Christian Wood out of there. He's gone. He's on the Mavericks now. Sangoon projected over 30 minutes a game. Maybe he can crack that 20-point ceiling. Talk about a team that's going to play fast. The Houston Rockets, they're just going to Let's get some reps for the boys. No defense on the Rockets. Sangoon has high free, free throw percentage. He can score. He can get rebounds. He averaged three assists per game last year. Maybe we get to bump that up to four. Get a little four assists per game, Sangoon. And Scotty Barnes, why'd I pick him? Got the rebounds, got the assists, got the steals. I'm loving my team. So my first five picks were Steph Curry, Halliburton, Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, Barnes, and Sangoon. Pretty good squad, folks, if I do say so myself. Things I feel like I missed on. Really wish I could have figured out how to get Booker in there. He was so far down by the, by the time I made my second round pick. You know, he was about 18, 19 when I was pick, making the 13th pick. And I just thought, um, you know... He only scores, he just does points in most people's eyes. He's just an efficient scorer. Maybe he'll fall to me in that third round. He didn't. I'm, I'm happy with Halliburton, but I feel like I had to make that Bradley Beal move. 
in order to counteract Booker because I still needed points somehow. I, w- I didn't have a huge points per game score outside of Curry, and that's a category I wanted to win. If I had Booker, I wouldn't have had to make that field decision. If I didn't have to make Beal, I could have maybe gotten a better starting center than Sengun, <laughs> which, <laughs> which would have been nicer. Then I could have reached for Brandon Ingram, another player I really, really wanted. I saw him coming. I was like, Ingram Barnes. Right there. More assists with Ingram. Definitely more threes with Ingram. Less steals, but I already had Butler. And that the points would have just been a major difference. Zion looks thinner. Congratulations. <laughs> you did your job. But with the Pelicans and Zion and Ingram... When Zion goes down, there's just more and more opportunity for Ingram. They have McCollum, who's become mainly a facilitator, and Ingram, who who's sat there in the Pelicans, never complains, is being held, you know, not held hostage, but held hostage by the looming, oh, Zion will come and save the day. If I'm Ingram, I'm sitting there saying, hey, I'm like a 6'10 elite scorer in this league. You guys maybe just thought about building around me? Isn't that the one thing that everybody wants? But the mystery behind door number three. Ooh, what could Zion Williamson be one day? It's like Brandon Ingram's pretty good right now. And I just I just want to Brandon Ingram on my team. It's just a mock draft. But I'm fired up. I'm ready for the league. And I'm ready for, you know, to actually draft Ingram. I will do anything to draft Ingram. <laughs> if I, if anyone listening who's going to be in a fantasy league with me, you're going to have to snipe Ingram like a round ahead of time because I'm in on Ingram. Maybe this is just me trying to shadow counsel my way into actually I hate Ingram. I'm not. I'm saying I like him. I like him. I like him. Okay, it's time for a break. So those are my first six picks. Now we'll go into, I'm only going to tell you the next four. We're not going to get into the bench players because those are going to change. Those are everything. It was a mock draft. So there was a lot of people auto-drafting. It's not really how this was going to go. Next four, between Sangoon, my sixth pick, and my seventh pick, which, spoiler alert, here it comes, it was Al Horford really trying to lock up that center position. I felt unsure and I felt really confident with my guards. So I went Horford to get those threes and get an efficient center out there. But in between those picks, some guys I really wanted to take a swing on. Devin Vassell. Love him. (laughs) Keldon Johnson. Two Spurs. I was like, okay, well, talk about somebody who can get some points. These guys have all the opportunity in the world to be 20-point-per-game scorers. DeJounte Murray is gone. They are going to be the two starting wings for the San Antonio Spurs. Please, one of them be able to score more than 20 points a game is what I'm thinking. And and for my build, which was slightly three-point heavier and assist heavier, I wanted to go Devin Vassell over Keldon Johnson. And so did many people in my league because Vassell went and Johnson went almost nine and ten picks ahead of Al Horford there. So I ended up going uh, Little Al as we affectionately call him, and then had to take a trip in the same division of the Spurs over to Houston 
and selected my second Houston Rocket, Jalen Green. I was like, okay, well, if I can't get Vassell or Johnson, let me get Jalen Green. He'll certainly get over 20 points per game. He'll be chucking up those threes, and I'm okay with absorbing his potential inefficiency based on what I have from Horford, Sangoon, and Barnes. But this point, <laughs> I'm a little worried about pure field goal percentage, free throw percentage, points, assists, steals, rebounds, and with Jalen Green, threes looking very good. As we move on, a few more players that were picked between uh, Jalen Green and the next round. So this is round eight going into round nine. We start seeing um, some risks being taken. Jamal Murray went right after Jalen Green. Supposed to be healthy. We still haven't seen him. It's where Ben Simmons goes. We get Franz Wagner with the addition of Paulo Banquero on the Orlando Magic. We don't know if his... Who will win that battle there, or will they be able to coexist? Wagner and Bancaro. Kevin Porter Jr., another Rocket. A Trey Jones. I'm almost certain that that's the same guy. I am certain that's the same guy that took Devin Vassell. So, lucky me, I was in here with another Spurs fan sniping up the Spurs. Uh, Tyler Hero got selected here. Russell Westbrook was selected in the ninth round. And then... Shout out to my friend Chase. I needed some small forward, power forward depth. He's going to get some buckets, get some assists, and get some threes with a little rebound help on the side. It's the starting power forward for the Portland Trailblazers, folks. It's Jeremy Grant, my favorite. Got him in the ninth round. Steal of the draft, some would say. <laughs> Flipping over to the tenth round, uh, Draymond Green went in between my two picks here in that grouping of four. Seven assists, seven rebounds, and seven points. That's the Draymond Green special there. Definitely needed points. Thought about Green if he went, but thought about picking Green if he stayed, and he didn't. So I went with the bad of this week, P.J. Washington in the 10th round, because I believe he could turn around. It didn't start great as he tried to fill in for Miles Bridges there. But he's a power forward center, adding one more piece of insurance to my shaky centers with Sangoon and Horford, and another person with opportunity to score a lot of points, hit a lot of threes, get a lot of boards, get some assists out there, P.J. Washington. So those are my top ten. Biggest misses, I probably should have just went down for Booker to lock up the points. That could have cleaned up some later decisions. And I just wish I had a spur on my team, obviously. But we'll run down that starting 10. We got Steph Curry, Tyrese Halliburton. Then we went Jimmy Butler and Bradley Beal. Love an Eastern Conference guy on my fantasy squad. I don't know if it's just my fantasy league being, you know, mostly Spurs fans or just a general perception. But I feel like Eastern Conference guys just go later. So be on the lookout for the East. Uh, in round five, I got Scotty Barnes, East. Sangoon, Rockets. You'll know this is a mock draft because there's no flopping way I'm taking a Houston Rocket in a real actual draft. I just, I just can't root for him. It's not happening. Uh, missed out on all my Spurs. 
went Al Horford, then Jalen Green, Jeremy Grant, and PJ Washington to round out that squad. I give that grade, as ESPN doesn't give out grades, I give that. Personally, you know what? I could do a lot better than that. That's a C plus. That's a Carter plus on that one. C plus, I think I would win threes points. I could have been a little better in that field goal percentage. I should have balanced that out with a higher scoring center. Maybe trying to get Vucevic at some point along the way. But that's okay. That's why we do the mock drafts. Hopefully you will learn from my mistakes and try an ESPN or whatever system you use mock draft of your own. They are incredibly helpful for also just seeing what are people doing? Are people generally just drafting a name a lot higher than they projected? Where is this player projected? Because in categories, you really, really shouldn't be going by just that general ranking of players after your first two or three picks because if you're going rebounds, then you should never, ever take Kyrie Irving. Like, if you are you have a big man build, then don't take Kyrie Irving, even if he keeps falling and falling and falling. He's just not going to help you. He's probably going to hurt you most of the time. Mock drafts. It's what's for dinner. Talked good and the bad and the ugly. Did a little mock draft. It's time for some Spurs shoot around. This isn't directly fantasy, but this is the time where I'm just going to lock in. So buckle up. If you want to stay, please. Thank you. Stay. If you would like to leave, thank you for listening to the pod. Another one will be coming out shortly as we continue to do some more mock drafts. This was the eighth pick. Maybe I'll try Go up the second pick, maybe the first pick. Maybe we'll try 10, see how different it gets. I'll try to do a different category build each time. But that's not important. The Spurs are important. Lots of very pleasing quotes coming out of training camp and preseason. Popovich is saying, you know, he literally said, "If you're, <laughs> you should not go bet on this team in Vegas to win the championship. He's saying all the right things to, yes, we're going to tank, but building a positive culture around player success. He's saying these guys are going to have great careers here in San Antonio or elsewhere. Realistically, like in the tanking season, the players that are on the team right now will not be on the team in championship time. I mean, it could be a pretty drastic turnaround if we get Victor Wembenyama on our team next year. But it's not crazy to think that if if we don't have a championship until seven years from now, we don't have the cap space <laughs> to sign a, an elite-level Primo, an elite-level Keldon Johnson, and Devin Vassell. Definitely not Pirtle, right? We're trying to t- trade him right now. But Popovich is saying the right things to promote, to continue to promote an excellent culture of trying hard and individual winning without 
maybe seeing that W at the end of the game. And we didn't see the W at the end of the game of the Rockets preseason game that we just had. Josh Primo, Keldon Johnson out. Nothing serious. Probably just resting for the preseason. Good start, Pop. You have to rest these guys. They're young. They're going to play hard. You got to rest them. You can't just play them all 82 games, Pop. You, you can't. Why would you do that? You can't. I don't know if we'll have like a solid starting lineup. Like the same five guys, if healthy, every week. Doesn't seem like that. I mean, Pirtle, you got to show him off. We got to get him traded. This guy, he's going to be averaging a career high in rebounds. I mean, that's a lock. Nick, put that in the lockbox. No one's getting a rebound from Pirtle. I mean, DeJounte was going in and getting almost 10 a game at one point. He's gone. Trey Jones isn't leaping <laughs> from the perimeter into the interior and getting those rebounds. He's a tiny guy. He's a consummate point guard in the NBA. He's not going to take a rebound from somebody. But if, you know, Primo starts one day, Devin Vassell another, Keldon Johnson, we got these veterans of Dougie McBuckets and Josh Richardson, great last name, on the team. They got to go. I mean, we just need some breathing room for our players. The thing that I'm hopeful for is that the quotes that Popovich is saying continue to inspire the players to expand their game and continue to improve throughout the season, even after we just we're not going to be getting a lot of wins. It sucks to lose games. But if there is a team, community, a culture, a coach in the league that can promote growth individually and as a team in a sub-25 win season. I think it is the Spurs. I think it is Popovich. And the attitude of the extremely young core of this squad and the attitude of Popovich seems positive. It may sound like I'm trying to convince myself. And I am. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Zone. Please check out the Dimes podcast on Fridays. This Friday, it'll be East-West Tears. We're going to tell you right now, folks, you don't even have to watch the rest of the season where these teams are going to land at the end. You can't miss it if you follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to them. And just, you know, after you listen, after you hit the follow button, maybe give a little rate. We got to get those ratings visible. We got to pop to the top of the charts. Folks, thanks for listening. I'm preaching to the choir. Adios. Adios.